Hi, everyone. My name is PK, and here I have John Manchimelli. And in this episode, it's really, really interesting. We'll talk about debt recycling, how you can convert non-deductible debt to deductible debt sounds kind of like foreign terms, but this is a really good way to save literally thousands of thousands of thousands of dollars in tax. If you, I don't know, I don't want to make this clickbaity, but if you don't sort of listen to the next 15 minutes, you literally could be leaving thousands of dollars on the table. And, and here, John is a really, really good friend, a fellow alpha and maserati enthusiast that lives in sydney with an amazing really gracious family as well as a mortgage broker for many many years and someone who yeah i i just can't speak highly enough of and, and really good character as well so um thank you for making time john oh pk thank you so much for that wonderful introduction i'm very humbled to be back again Good. I just want to say, actually, like this is kind of off topic. I just thought of it now, but regardless of whether it's a mortgage broker that you guys are looking for or a course creator, a conveyancer, that like, you should look for three qualities in people, character, which I just mentioned, you know, their integrity, how much they actually care and their competence, because some people are amazing at what they do, but they have so many clients that they don't really care about you. Some people really care about you, but they may not have that competence to actually see you through the journey, get you that great result. So I just thought I'd mention that because like, you know, what we're, or who we're hearing from today, John has that sort of intersect of all three of those C's. So I'm really excited about it. I'm John. And yeah, once again, really grateful yeah thank you pk it's 20 years of many many mistakes mate so <laughs> thank you and you know the community that you built and all the the guests that you have they have all those three uh traits that you're talking about so you know kudos to you mate to find those nuggets of people that your community is able to interact with Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Well, well let's, get, let's get into it. I know you have like a, a really cool diagram and things like that um, prepared, but um, maybe just the first question, uh, what is de debt recycling and, and where do master limits? Because I know you want to talk about that. Where do master limits come into all this? Yeah, thanks, PK. Um, firstly, thank you to everyone, by the way, who's contacted me. Very, very humbled. I, I'm so chuffed when people do your course and say, hey, John, can you help me? But, you know, PK, I was thinking about the success that your clients have had. You know, your course has been so phenomenal that literally two years later, even less sometimes, they're coming back with equity. And there's some products that mortgage brokers don't seem to be promoting and or haven't really been in the media. And so a master limit is a wonderful concept where I think a lot of uh, property investors would could really benefit from. And so I'm going to uh, refer to a very professional diagram <laughs> to illustrate what it is. But in summary, it's like an umbrella with a limit at the top and we'll just use UPK, so with a $3 million limit. And the beauty about this type of product, it's, it's unbelievable, it's fantastic in that you can manipulate the equity in a way that suits you. So say, for example, you have an owner-occupied debt. I'll use this diagram very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. 
let's just say that you've got an owner-occupied debt of 500000 and it's sitting under that $3 million limit. Now, you've also got an investment property number one and investment property number two, and you've also got a line of credit that has to sit there, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But what can happen in the case of a lot of your students is as those investment properties have grown in value, you can do a number of things. You could transfer that non-tax deductible debt onto your investment property, okay? So that in time, you could have that $500,000 debt sitting on both of these investment properties. So theoretically, you've got your own home now that is got no debt on it, and your tenants are actually paying for the debt on your investment property. So I absolutely love this. It's a very sophisticated product. And it starts allowing you to do debt recycling in a, in a number of ways. Now, the, the, this is one way. Uh, and the beauty about this is when you have a $3 million limit, you don't actually need to apply again and again for loan applications because we all know how much we love loan applications. <laughs> um, and so you could create a second and a third and up to 10 splits to maximise the amount of equity you've got there. So... The master limit is a very flexible product that allows you to transfer non-tax deductible debt onto your investment properties. And even if you don't have equity, what you can do is as you pay down your owner-occupied debt from 500 to 400, you could recycle that debt and create a new split of $100,000 to go and buy that Alfa Romeo, to go off and buy some shares. And so you're utilising this concept of making the equity use, uh, used at your advantage. Okay. Right. And just to clarify, so, John, that when you say $3 million, that master limit, that's your total borrowing capacity. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So it can suit two types of people. Um, using you as an example, someone who's got a portfolio of properties and plenty of equity, and you could tap into the equity and split it up to 10 times. And so by, you could be um, offering cash to in a, in a situation when you want to make an acquisition because you created a split and all of a sudden you could tap into $400,000 on that investment property, right? Um, and at the other end of the spectrum is someone who's starting in life who may have taken out their first owner-occupied property for $500,000 and who are probably in a position to really get stuck into it and pay it down. So say, for example, you're going to get a really healthy bonus. You know that's quite consistent, and it's, say, for argument's sake, 50000 So you paid that five hundred dollars to four fifty, and that 50000 can be recycled into a second split that could be put into your super, could be put into shares, could be like anything, crypto. It's just a very flexible product. Okay. Yeah. So this master limit hasn't really been spoken about. It sort of was a, a little bit, this is how old I am, you know, 10 years ago it was quite quite popular and then it sort of died away um and then i'm noticing that with the back of the covid boom and a lot of people having made money there's this there's all this equity sitting there that could be utilized you know sure sure so so the thing that i like about it is that you have your principal place of residence underneath that umbrella of let's say two or three million dollar total borrowing capacity or even one million dollars and you're able to make that non-deductible principal place of residence debt, let's say 500K, you're able to you know, recycle that and make it deductible. For those people who don't know, like even the 101s of debt recycling, let's just start there because I, I feel that 
maybe at this stage people are a little bit confused. What is debt recycling? Let, could you just explain that? Yeah, it's very simple. It's taking, it's moving debt from owner-occupied into investment property and around again. Uh, and, and financial planners charge a lot of money for this. Every six months they'll go to their clients. So what they're trying to do is reduce that non-tax deductible debt and then put it into a tax deductible environment, say shares, or in our case, property. Yeah. So it's like a visual circle where they're taking, they're paying down money on their home loan, unoccupied home loan, and then putting it into an environment where they could, um, yeah, buy property or shares. Right? And that's what debt recycling is. You're taking it out of non-tax deductible debt into tax deductible environments. Sure. Sure. So it's almost like a refinance, uh, a traditional refinance, but from a, a non-deductible environment to a deductible environment. And once again, just ask a silly or plain question, I should say, why is that good? Like, you know, great, you've, you've transferred some debt, debt is debt, right? Debt is bad. <laughs> uh, why is this a good thing? Yeah, a number of, number of things. Uh, convenience. So, you know, rather than having to come up with another loan application that goes forever taking forever to collect all those documents to have that ability to split your debt you know fifty thousand dollars within 24 hours is great and so that will also make it easier for your accountant to claim that tax deduction in a traditional way you would have probably attached that 50k to your owner occupied property and there could have been um some issues with tax time because it's all messed up and our occupied debt and tax deductible debt was in the same loan account number. Mm-hmm. In this case, creating two loan account numbers. Okay, so there's convenience, there's tax efficiencies, uh, there's an ability to manipulate your equity how you want, when you want, and, and you don't have to keep going through the process of applying for loans. Sure. So, so, so now, it's it not true? for everyone, okay? It's not for everyone. It, it's quite an advanced topic. Right. Uh, maybe let's get into like who it's not for in a second. But once again, just to kind of clarify this whole concept. So let's say you have this master limit, this umbrella of $3 million. And let's have already utilized a million dollars, half of it for my principal place, half of it for my first investment property. Let's say I want to buy another investment property and I need another half a million dollars of debt for it. Because I already have this $3 million of pre-approved, so to speak, master limit, does that mean I don't need to do all the paperwork, um, don't need to like engage with the bank, the ring roll, and I can literally just buy a property, you know, tomorrow because it's already all approved? Is that what it is? That's it. That's it. Like, imagine that. You can go, you, you spotted a deal, okay, the guys need to sell quickly, and you've come in and say, listen, provided the building and pest is okay, let's yeah. settle on Let's settle in seven days' time. That is right? phenomenal. It's amazing. I know. And I'm not sure why it's not hitting the media more or brokers don't bring that up. But for a lot of people, that capitalizes on opportunities. It also helps you for emergencies. Yeah. Right? Now, it's a very simple process within the bank. It usually takes 48 hours to set it up. But you can see now that we're having 10 splits available at your, at your convenience. And you can have interest only, principal interest fixed interest, variable, all those sorts of things. So, yeah. What's making me really excited? 
what's making me really excited sorry john to cut you off um just quickly what's making me really excited is like you know everyone thinks the property market is falling and it is falling in sydney and melbourne but there's parts of perth parts of regional australia especially queensland where the market's still yeah let's be honest like going up at a healthy rate and if you talk to an agent or if you try to put offers on your offers are being rejected they'll be outbid you're missing out on properties if you can be open and honest with a real estate agent and say look you know this is my offer I know my offer is a little bit underneath the true valuation of the property or maybe your other offers, but hey, I can settle this bad boy in 10 days. I can settle this property in 15 days, you know, provided the building and pest is okay. I don't have to wait 30 days for finance. I don't need to wait 45 days for settlement like all your other offers. This is going to be the game changer between A, you being able to secure a property in those hot markets versus not. And I guess more interestingly, like being able to secure it at a sharper price because the terms you're offering are offsetting potentially the lower price that you're offering for the property. Like that, that's kind of the alarm bells or not alarm bells, the, the light that's going on in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I, and where this all came from, PK, is I was, I've been so humbled to keep servicing clients of yours from two years ago. And, you know, clients who were buying in Adelaide two years ago, hundreds of thousands of equity, hmm. you know, Brisbane, as you were talking about, remember the days of you mentioned the Gold Coast yeah. and the data. You kept saying the data is, guys, the data is showing, just like you're telling everyone right now, the data in certain pockets of Australia are very, very strong. And so when I started to set up the next series of pre-approvals, I really wanted them to have that flexibility to make cash offers, to recycle their debt from their home onto their investment properties and things like that. So if your broker mate is not aware of it, it's probably because they're not an investment property focused broker. Um, and just generally speaking, it's not advertised by the banks as much. So a suggestion is go to your broker and ask them, have you heard of this master limit? Google it, obviously. And obviously, you know, don't call me, but email me. <laughs> I'll try and get back to you as, as much as I can. So I'm, and I'm very humbled by all the sure, emails, sure. of course. And, and what's the impact on borrowing capacity? Everyone's borrowing capacity is being shrunk with every single rate rise. You know, we have a master limit of, let's say, $3 million, to take that example further. Does every rate rise mean that that three million becomes two point eight, two point six? Or you're you're shaking your head? Uh, just walk us through that. <laughs> yeah, this is the beauty of it. You've locked in that limit that forever. Is, what? That doesn't. It sounds too good to be true. Like honestly, uh, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it sits there for a ten year period. Uh, you've been given your limit, uh, and, and that's it. So. It's an incredible opportunity to just take advantage of your equity now, locked in for now. It doesn't matter what's happening in the future. They've made it available. It's a bit like, you know how when you apply for a credit card and you've been given, I don't know, a $20,000 limit? It doesn't matter if you've lost your job in 10 years' time or two yeah. years' time. Yeah. You've always got that limit. Same principle applies. Okay. So uh, I'm so excited by your clients who've done your course and have really really made the most of this and are, are starting to look at this concept of debt recycling. And even if you haven't, and you're only just starting with PK, mm -hmm. with you, PK, that is a wonderful concept. If you've got a home loan, you think, yep, I can see myself paying down my home loan and recycling it into an investment property and just keep smashing down my owner-occupied debt and increasing my investment property debt. Right. Okay, I'm going to yeah. throw you another curveball because, like, there's got to be <laughs> – it's smells fishy. It's, it sounds too good to be true. I'm going to give you another curveball, maybe a few. Okay, so interest rates, 
does this kind of product or facility um, come with higher interest rates? Like, is that the catch? No. Let's talk about who it's not for. Okay. okay. So yeah, yeah. And this all leads to that higher assessment rates or interest rates. So this is not for people who I've just got my notes here. If you're buying in a trust, it's not for you can't buy have the security in a trust. Okay. okay. Um, it's not for low to medium income earners. Okay. So if you're in that low to medium category, this is definitely not for you. The what's reason the reason for that? Like, what, why yeah. and what's what do you mean by that? It's just that the assessment rates, as you were correctly alluding to, they mm -hmm. make sure that it's for probably more sophisticated investors who've got that ability to handle stuff down the track. So it, it yeah, you've basically got to be a medium to high income for this particular product. Okay. And like then, I know, sorry, sorry. I really apologize for keep cutting you off. I just, I just want to make sure, like it's, it's sticking in my head, and I hopefully being the the mouthpiece for everyone who's watching, who's like wanted to know these details. So sorry about that. Um, okay, so it's not for for low income earners. What is is there? I know, like AMP Capital, for example, not Capital, just AMP offer this um, product. Do they have like a threshold? Like, if I'm making less than hundred k, am I out, or is it hundred fifty? Like, what's the threshold there? Yeah, great question. The issue is that there is an interplay with living expenses and other things. So it's um, it's no simple answer to that. It's mm -hmm. You could still be a high income earner, but if you've got private school fees, Maserati leases, you, you may still not qualify. No but, one should lease a Maserati. <laughs> no, no, maybe an upper room. <laughs> no. uh, okay, but you can sorry. see what I'm saying. It's... It, yeah. it's, it's um, it's not a black and white answer. It is, though, just generally speaking, for that medium to higher income person. Mm, okay. And then the last one is if you need to push your LVR above 80%, the product won't allow you to go over 80%. Okay. Okay. So uh, their, their assessment rates are a little bit higher as a result of these master limits and the fact that you've locked in for 10 years. They just want to make sure that you've got that ability to absorb some issues. Yeah. Uh, no, no trust. Okay, you can't do a trust discretionary or unit trust, no type of trust. And then if you you can't go above an eighty percent LVR. How about a, like a not many investors buy in a company structure, but would it work in a company structure? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. But I have to double check. So please don't take that as gospel. I'd have to double check. Depends on which of the banks will do that. But I might be cautious and say probably not. They just want to be able to do it in a, in the name. Uh, individual name, but I can double check on that. Okay. I'm going to ask a stupid question because you did say that it's been around for a long time, this kind of product, you know, around 10 years, and it's not been um, talked about in the media. Not many people know about it. Which banks are offering it or why isn't every bank offering it? Is it because it carries higher risk? We're just trying to understand it from the bank's perspective. Yeah, it's. I've been doing this for 20 years. And what's happened, PK, is that the world goes through these periods. Like I remember the GFC and a lot of these investment products started falling away. Um, yeah, and a classic example of that is self-managed super fund home loans. Incredible to think none of the big four will do that anymore. AMP will never do that anymore. So there, there are periods, there are waves where the banks will pull products away and then some... Uh, strategy team will come together and say, you know what, there's a niche for property investors that are not being really looked after. Let's create a product. And so this product never really went away. It's just that it never got promoted. 
Mm-hmm. In mortgage brokering land, there is so much promotion to mortgage brokers at, in various niches. And so, you know, the biggest tip that you and I have spoken about in the past is to find that broker who really understands investment lending because your mortgage broker that may specialise in first homeowners, they may not have heard of this product before. Yeah. But in general, it's just the concept of um, investment lending and the style of investment lending, it comes and goes. It's, it was only, do you remember the Royal Commission to Banking? It was only three or four years ago. <laughs> the, all those type of uh, products weren't promoted anymore because the banks were just sitting yeah. sitting back. Yeah. You know? No, that makes sense. And like n- not all mortgage brokers are equal, right? Or as George Orwell, you know, said that, you know, everyone is equal and some people are more equal than others. So the, the same holds for, for mortgage brokers. You need to find, you know, John, and there's many other people like John, but especially like someone like John, who's kind of been there and done that. So I'm, I'm going to make a highly political statement here and hopefully no one minds. Um, but, you know, like a GP, they will sub- prescribe you things that the big farmer has really advertised to them because they've spent billions of dollars getting these products, these pills in front of the GPs, and then the GPs know about them, then they'll prescribe it to you. If they don't know about something, it actually might do a better job, but they'll never prescribe it because they've never heard about it. The same thing yeah. with mortgage brokers. If they haven't heard about these products, they won't give them to you. They won't offer them to you because they don't know about it themselves. This is why it's really important to find a good broker and I would say even more important to potentially not go not go direct to the bank and actually go through a good broker because one bank isn't going to have the solution for you. You need to go to 20, 30, maybe 40 different banks and see what the right service, right product, what combination suits your borrowing capacity and professional needs. And that's the job of a mortgage broker. So maybe we'll finish it off there. John, was there anything else on this topic that, that you wanted to, to share? No, I'm just so humble that you give me the opportunity to explain the concept it's quite exciting if you can get your head around it for most people they need to to sort of go okay i think i get it and ask more questions but just generally speaking in finance in february of 2023 um, we're living in uh, very interesting times and open banking is going to come into foray very shortly i'm very excited by that and just to tease you if everyone wants me or some other person to come back on we're going to have proper tailored solutions where the banks are going to be able to see your credit history correctly with other banks and you're going to get offers of interest rates directly related to your credit report your your strategies and things like that so that's 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 something that's I'm very excited and looking forward to and then the other one that's probably more pertinent right now is APRA looking into the buffers that the banks are using it's no secret that us mortgage brokers are suffering to get more lending out there mm. and, and so with the housing crisis the APRA is conscious that maybe we need to reduce the buffers a little bit to improve or stimulate lending. That's speculation. I don't know, but there's a lot of talk of that at the moment. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I've been talking about that as well. And, you know, not enough people recognize that property investing is actually a finance game. You know, if you can understand and, and really master the finance aspect, you know, getting finance, managing your finances, both those things, then it might be able to get you that fifth property, that sixth, that seventh property that you otherwise might not 
have got. So I'm really grateful, John, for for you to come on as always and and do these episodes. If guys, if you don't um, know, but actually John has come on um, this channel before. We've done an episode on SMSFs. You know whether it's the right product, whether you should do an SMSF or not, the pros and cons, and how that all works. We've also done one on how to improve borrowing capacity. But yeah, it's a really really good resource and. I always get like dozens and dozens of emails or comments of like, oh, hey, PK, where can I find John? Because I don't know how to spell his last name. So um, <laughs> I always say, what is it? Hunterwood? Hunterwood.com? Hunter, yeah. Yeah. John, J-O-H-N at Hunterwood, H-U-N-T-E-R-W-O-O-D.com.au. John at Hunterwood.com.au. Okay. So you're yeah. probably going to get inundated with emails, but John's a, a great guy. And if any of you out there are Italian car enthusiasts, then um, yeah, he'll probably pick up the phone and, and want to talk to you as well. Um, but no, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, John. I, I really, I really appreciate it. Yeah, very humble. And thanks, mate. Okay. Thanks everyone. And I'll see you next time. See ya.